Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. Transatlantic Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. Not, Not transatlantic, transatlantic, Ian Morris. No. Yes, that's, yes, that's you true. Want to explain? I'm I'm, I'm in the United States of the USA, America at the moment, um, specifically on Park Avenue in a hotel. I'm out here filming again uh, for another couple of weeks. And I've built what I can only describe as a professional pillow fort in my hotel room to record inside. It's quite now, good. Now, I've, I've seen the photo of it, listeners, and I will tell you it isn't professional. It is, I would describe it as makeshift. I would admit that if you go into, say, the Radio 4 studio, like, say, for the Today Show, they have a different setup in there. They do. And I've been There's in there. There's very few pillows. And exactly. There are very few pillows in that studio. Also, very few pillows in any recording studio that I've ever been in. Um, but in a hotel room, I have to say, I think this is rather jolly. Uh, I can hear hmm. the... Um, the uh, cleaning staff of this hotel outside my door, but I have put on the do not disturb notice. So they think... Well, and of course, it's prime cleaning time for you right now, isn't it? It's it is, early yes, morning. the morning. Yeah. They probably think I'm doing something quite uh, sensual in here, you know, with a, with a guest. <laughs> but uh, little do they know that I'm just podcasting with a hairy man in Britain. Through the... Yes. <laughs> Right. Uh, let's start with some news, shall we? Um, so you might be wondering if we're going to talk about the UK's uh, competition regulator blocking Microsoft's Activision deal, uh, but we're not, partly because everyone's talked about it, including me on DTNS earlier in the week. Uh, but do you really want to hear me and Ian talk about mergers and acquisitions? I mean, I do that all mm. week at Bloomberg. So if you do, then that's probably a good place to go. But we're not going to do that today i mean the no. the only thing was just how angry it made me that people reacted to it in the way they did failing to understand literally anything about what the cma does anyway so on with the show well ian's due an extra message next week so who knows maybe that will become his extra message ah. but for the time being uh we are going to talk about fun stuff on the show um specifically about phones making noises more specifically about why so many people last week didn't have a phone that made an em an emergency noise <laughs> the bbc wrote that last sunday's emergency alert didn't reach an estimated 7% of compatible devices in the united kingdom according to the government notably poor in its performance was network 3 uh, with officials saying they're working with the network to figure out why so many of its customers didn't get the uh, the alert test. Overall, um, the 7% of compatible devices that didn't get the alert included those that were turned off, which I would say fair dues, um, on aeroplane mode, also kind of fair dues, um, or those who had opted out, also, I think, fair dues. 
Now, I did some digging on this one because it's easy to joke about three, and indeed we've done so for many years successfully. Um, but there's uh, but there's got to be some reason, I think, why it was singled out uh, for being uh, crap in this scenario. So I turned yes. to good old ISP review or ISPreview um, or ISPR eView. <laughs> it collected some comments on the. <laughs> on this this. Good. We're going to be here for a while if you're going to just do every single possible permutation of capitals and. Anyway, go on, carry on. Yeah, um, they had a spokesperson for three saying we're aware that a number of customers had not received the test alert. We're working closely with the government to understand why and ensure it doesn't happen when the system is in use. Um, there was some suggestion that the problem was actually to do with the need for networks to keep rebroadcasting the alert over and over again for a period of time, about 20 minutes, uh, to make sure that people did receive it, I think, if they were temporarily out of signal. Um, but that mechanism apparently didn't work deep inside Three's core. Um, Three spokesbod later said, following the emergency alerts uh, test yesterday, we've been working with the government and have identified a technical issue that meant some of our customers didn't receive the alert. This morning, our engineers deployed a fix meaning there will be no such issue with future alerts. There are no plans to run the test again, but Sunday's activity means an issue was identified and in real emergency, we can make sure everyone across the country gets an alert. So in a way, I suppose this is a good thing. There was a test, the test revealed a problem, the problem was fixed, but of all the outcomes I expected, like people moaning about how loud their phone was or whether the government was trying to spy on them some more or something, I didn't actually expect the most notable result to be that one of the biggest networks in the country couldn't even deliver the alert in the first place. Ian, was this the outcome that you expected? Well, I mean, I didn't expect it to be quite as flawed as it ended up being. I, I genuinely thought it would be quite successful and, and that's because it's we're not the first country in the world to implement something like this the technology clearly exists elsewhere i doubt it. we've invented an, an entirely new set of hardware to manage it um <clears throat> so i was pretty surprised that it didn't go quite as well i thought some of the explanations online were quite interesting about how three had managed it essentially the the alert was <clears throat> in, in on a on say you know uh, o2 which i'm on now um that would have been that, that alert would have been broadcast for something like twenty minutes, um, but there was also uh, and, and three only did it once. But also there was some sort of um, you have to tell the phone to expect these updates apparently, and that's another dynamic that wasn't taken into account from what I can see from people who were talking about it. So it was um, a bit of a shambles from three's perspective. I can't say I was massively surprised. I know we do take the mickey out of three quite a bit but i think that's because they deserve it they have one of the most ridiculous networks in the uk as far as i'm concerned uh so yeah it, it wasn't the total win i think the government were hoping for and certainly it did generate quite a few memes and uh people joking about it which i think is the last thing they wanted i actually haven't seen any memes about the alert Oh, oh did I see stuff. one? No, I did. I saw a Peep Show related meme. <laughs> yeah, there, there was lots of, sort of stuff about you know people being put out by the fact that they would be dead in an emergency. Um, yes, but yes, uh, it, it 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 was um it was the sort of thing that I think, given the trials and tribulations that this government has had recently with technological things, be that the uh, test and trace program that didn't work particularly well, that whole fiasco about the. Um, covid tracking app 
that didn't really work, did it? And they had to revert to the built-in Apple and Google system. All those things, you know, make it seem like our government's a bit of a clown. And now we're obviously not going to talk about CMA now, but, you know, the from the perspective of people around the world, that also has been interpreted as being people who are out of touch with modern ways. Now, I don't agree with that in that case, but, you know, that there is certainly um, an ongoing sort of feeling, I think, that the UK is maybe hopeless and we should drill a hole in the middle of it and just sink the thing it's funny you mentioned the um the covid alert system um i actually remember reading earlier this week that people have been they've getting, killed it yeah they've been getting pings from the app saying that it's being it's being shut down yeah i mean maybe that's something we should have we should have talked about i mean well let me open that, it now it's kind of it says is that the end? Is that truly the end of a pandemic when a government shuts down its emergency tracing alert system? I haven't got it installed anyway. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that was a single purpose app, but actually I do wonder if maybe it's the sort of thing that should be built into the NHS app so, and people encouraged to have it so that in the future if a similar thing happens or if there's a need to let people know about uh local issues you know like um an outbreak of something in their area maybe that would have been a way to to do it you know to build that functionality into the app and then it's there for next time if you need it uh but yeah i i don't know I, I have a feeling if we had another pandemic um there would be a lot of different things would happen just purely yeah. because of the backlash of the last one not that i think you know necessarily anything was done wrong I, you know i think you you could debate this up and down but um i'm certainly not the idea i'm not against the idea of you know, locking people down and all that kind of stuff if, if it helps public health anyway an irrelevance but yes it's it's dead i've seen people sending messages of uh its demise yeah luna and uh john in our live chat saying they had uh, notifications that it's dead and saying uninstall it i mean i un uninstalled mine quite some time ago so i never i never got one um John posted a screenshot as well saying your iPhone will no longer log nearby devices and you won't be notified of possible exposures. Um, and weirdly, I remember when I was in the US a few weeks ago um, on the West Coast, I was actually prompted to opt in to contact tracing um, at the time. Didn't need an app, mm. just popped up on my phone. Would you like to opt in? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I said no. But I do remember seeing the alert. Um, China killed its contact tracing pinging app thing um, towards the end of last year. So we kept ours around a little bit longer, um, which is quite weird because China was much later in um, unlocking its yeah. economy and its um, its population than, well, basically any other country in the world, which is... Uh, well, their thing was like zero COVID, wasn't it? And once that was blown, there wasn't any point, you know, pretending that that was going to work. So no. No, some, I, I saw some research uh, in this uh, in a BBC story that the app prevented about a million COVID cases and ten thousand deaths. That's from Nature, that study. That's not from the government. Interesting. Um, it's a public, I did get uh, I did get some pings. I had some weird ones. You uh, were like pung, I remember, were you? I was pung. I got one that was like. It had obviously someone had obviously got COVID, but they got they got it so, or they got their test back so late 
that my my thing told me to stay indoors, but it was for like three hours. So oh. it, it had, what, there'd obviously been some sort of where when was your and it had taken its time to get round the system or something. And so by the time I actually got the notification, my time needing to isolate was over. But also I hadn't been isolating because it hadn't told me I needed to. Were um, you on three at the time? <laughs> yes, I would have been. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, I think it used Bluetooth, so probably wasn't three's it fault. Did. But it um, did. many. No, many I, th- I think just oh. the t- the timings of it. I guess if you know, it it may be <clears throat> some something to do with how the testing was entered. You know, when you get a result, you enter in a certain thing, and there might have been some in- eccentricities with that. But anyway. Mm. Well, um, if you are mourning the death of uh, being pung by the COVID alert system, or if you haven't been pung by the government's test because you are on three um, or on a better network that failed for a different reason, uh, let <laughs> us know any feedback you have on this. Uh, hello at UKTechShow.com. Well, we may not be officially talking about that Microsoft Activision deal, um, but the CMA, which was the agency responsible, will get a mention, uh, and it will get that mention now because it is the overseeing group that will end fake reviews and subscription traps online. The BBC reports that the new group, which will be called the Digital Markets Unit, will be charged with battling fake reviews and so-called subscription traps, where free trials turn into paid subs without warning. Uh, I believe there's also a desire to make it easier to cancel a subscription you signed up for online um, and don't wish to make phone calls or write letters or um, attach it to the side of a pig and send it in the direction of the company. Uh, The penalties, and this will shock you to your core, are 10% of global revenue, uh, which for tech giants uh, Apple and Amazon is a Scrooge McDuck vault of coins in its uh, enormity. Uh, Of course, the problems aren't entirely within the control of those companies. The practicalities of enforcing it are going to be a challenge because, um, you know, tech firms... You know, they're not entirely responsible for the reviews that end up on their platform. Now, they will be encouraged to spend a bit more time and money hunting down those fake reviews, no doubt, to avoid the fines. Uh, But the people responsible for them are likely in countries like China, where sort of uh, review farms operate. Um, And enforcement there is going to be a challenge. You know, you're not going to be able to nip it at its bud. You're going to have to sort of reactively remove stuff from the platforms. So companies will need to be vigilant and get their ban hammer out and i have absolutely no confidence amazon will manage that because i a normal man an innocent man am still banned from reviewing uh review banned from reviewing things on um on amazon uh because of i don't know what reason but there are still plenty of fake reviews of the site um including has emerged this week some AI reviews which feature language from an AI because it says something like, as a large language model, I'm well able to review this product for you. Um, And if you do a Google search, you can find those things um, on Amazon's site. So people are, for whatever reason, just getting Amazon to, uh, to get, sorry, ChatGPT to review things for them and then splashing that in in the review box. and I mentioned last week, didn't I, that the product I bought this AV, you know, uh, monitor KVM switch thing, that all the reviews on that were 
uh, paid reviews by Amazon's Vine program. And I find those no more useful than a fake review, frankly. So anyway, Nate, uh, what are your thoughts? They're always welcomed and encouraged. Yeah, well, you've touched on sort of what I was going to ask, which is, you know, how the hell do you define a fake review? Because like you said, I don't consider a view where you've had a free product or you've been paid to write something to be a review. It's an ad no. um, yes. masquerading as a review, like some rather bizarre corporate Halloween party. Um, so I don't really get that distinction. I do think that fake reviews are a massive problem and have been for quite some time, but they're so numerous. I don't know yeah. how you can possibly enforce this. And I don't know, because there's just no, there's no recourse, is there? Like, if you find no. one, you complain to the site. They don't necessarily know who left it in the first place. And it's also very easy. And for a lot of companies whose products are relatively low value, it's almost in their interest to j just send products so that people can post reviews as verified purchases. I mean, we're talking about Amazon here specifically, but this would be true for many places. That's not a fake review in the in the sense that it's just been made up. It is technically a real review, but it's complete bollocks. And yeah, uh, and and policing that is going to be an absolute nightmare. A nightmare. Um, the separate issue that on on subscription traps, I think, will be much easier to enforce. And this is something that I've run into far more frequently. Um, and for some reason newspaper websites and, and magazine <laughs> websites are really, say. really, really bad at this, where you can sign up online. But if you want to cancel, you know, the only way you can do it is by navigating to a hidden cancel page and they just give you a phone number or worse. Please talk to our chatbot to to do this. No, I will not talk to your <laughs> chatbot. You let me sign up online. You let me cancel online. You silly person well do, can i ask you a question because i mean so if you just cancel the direct debit or whatever it is or the payment presumably they somehow consider that to be some breach of contract to then come after you for the remaining money i don't know how it works if you have like a rolling subscription if it's one of these things that's yeah. just cancel any time then i don't think that's i don't think that's a problem if you're tied into a minimum period that would definitely be more problematic but for a lot of these services they are rolling contracts they're you know weekly monthly or something and there, there is no contract and that is a very easy way to get people to sign up and if you aren't providing an easy way to opt out or to cancel that's where the cma is taking issue and i totally agree with that i mean i totally agree with the fake yeah, reviews it's just that one is going to be a hell of a lot easier to police than the others um yeah that's and it. this is really easy like if you sign up online you have to make it possible to cancel online um yeah. so fairly good i think that's a good move um actually i mean i ran into it recently with sky didn't i because well i say i ran into it i didn't sign up online but it was a uh, you know it was it was um sky q you know given to me some time ago by sky to review um and um then they want they, they said well we're gonna start charging you for it because you're period is over and i was like okay fine well i'll cancel it then but the only way to cancel it was to call them um or provide a load of personal information in an email which i just absolutely well, wasn't going to do can you can can you talk about that because that latter point <coughs> was really shocking 
really shocking. Yeah. Like they asked you to email your password to them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which actually I didn't know. So I wouldn't have been able to do it anyway because what it was, I didn't realize this at the time. They There is a password that they ask that you set up with them that is just for account modification. So it's not what you use to log into the site but there is another password that you are presumably have expected to set up. Now, I have never called Sky in all the time that I had that service. So I probably never set one up in the first place. Um, and it was also years ago. So the fact that I didn't have one, they may have changed the rules, etc., etc. So I didn't know the password. But yeah, the idea of asking you to send information like that via email left me cold. And I was like, absolutely not, I'm not doing it. Like even Even if it was perfectly okay to do it, my rule... Is always never ever send any sort of password in an email. Uh, it's just yeah. stupid, and sooner or later you'll catch yourself out doing something stupid. So just don't do it at all. Um, so yes, that was ridiculous. And in the end, I called them, and it was a very quick process. It was fine. Um, but you, when you when you're in a, a sort of service like that, the worry is, isn't it, that you're going to end up in a 35 minute conversation with them about what they can offer you and how they could reduce the prices. And the the ultimately, what probably what you want to do is you've made up your mind by that point. You just want to cancel it don't want to have a conversation with you that's why the you know getting a, a text message to switch mobile networks was such a good idea because that call was always the worst call wasn't it? it was like right i'd like to cancel please and then there'd be you know a, a half hour of negotiating just for you to get your pack and it was yeah. just not on so yeah i actually i actually had this problem recently i was moving my mum from vodafone to ee and i was on the phone for about 35 minutes um just because I'd signed, I'd, I'd ordered the SIM as an extra SIM from my account. And um, for some reason, it had used my home address as a delivery address, not her address, which is what I'd submitted. And it is damn near impossible to just find like a, your order is in progress and just change the delivery address. It was yeah. it was just impossible, and 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 I couldn't get through to somebody. Well, they until might. <sighs> I had to use their little chatbot thing, and then you... I called, and then the chatbot hangs up the phone and sends you a text, and you click on the text in order to initiate another phone call. And it was oh. I, I could tell the thinking behind it was well, this will make it simpler. It doesn't. It just massively increases how annoyed I am. And I could feel my, I think I tweeted something to the extent of like, I can feel myself burning calories from eye rolls and sighing alone, trying to deal with this system. Yeah. And maybe it's just like the older I get, the less tolerant I am. Of a sim, why they wouldn't want you to be able to send it anywhere else, right? I mean, that does make sense from a security perspective, because that's how sim jacking works, isn't it? Well, yes, except that it let me type in the address when I ordered it. I just wanted yeah, to change stupid. the delivery address before they shipped it off and, and packaged it. I wasn't changing yeah, the account address or anything. No, just literally but, but, where even, but even so, if you could divert that SIM, there's an opportunity for a, a hacky person to, you know, then put that SIM in their phone and activate it and you get all your SMS two-factor alerts. Mm. Which is the way those things work. It's, I don't think it's so common in the UK, but it does seem to be something that affects the Americans quite badly. I know Tom uh, Tom Merritt, friend of the show, did a good um, episode of his Know a Little More about sim swapping, sim jacking. 
um, quite recently. It's well worth a listen how that works, yeah. Um, But the thing is, this was a brand new SIM card, so it wouldn't have made any difference for for things like that. Anyway, this is all a roundabout way of us saying that uh, policing fake reviews is going to be a very, very hard fight to win, whereas telling people that if you allow a customer to sign up for something online, you should make it possible for them to cancel it online. And I wholeheartedly support it, as it seems does Ian. So... If you have yes. thoughts on this, by all means, send us a message. <laughs> Tell us what would you like to cancel in this brave new world of easy to cancel subscriptions. Hello at UKTechShow.com. <laughs> I just want to say thank you. Um, oh, okay. You're welcome, mate. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to extend it to more than just Ian. I'm going to talk about <laughs> I patrons. thought you were going to be very dismissive of me there and go, no, 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 not you. I'm very grateful to, to you, mate. Very grateful. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that's kind. Um, just not as grateful as I am to people like Sean Jenks, who fair enough know, become patrons. Uh, so thanks, Sean, for, for joining us. Thanks, everyone who's supporting us, getting uh, the full version of the show every week, ad-free, listening live. Uh, you get extra message, put two out this week, not because I was being generous, but because I didn't have time to do one the week before. So got two. Uh, you can learn more about all the things we offer at patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Uh, and if you are one of them, you're about to hear the third discussion story of our week that is this, uh, which is all about HMV reopening stores in London for some reason. Well, we do our very best, even when we're in on different continents, to keep you posted on what's happening in the British tech landscape. Um, we also have a friend, Tom Merritt. He's a lovely friend. He's a nice man. And he's been telling us what you can listen to on DTNS if you want to learn more about what's been happening in the wider world of tech news this week. Here he is. This week on Daily Tech News Show, we gathered three people older than 50 in Las Vegas, Nevada, to ask them what they think about an AARP study that gamers older than 50 are more valuable than the industry seems to think. There's also a study that found out exactly why social media is exhausting and why it makes you buy things you don't want. Nate came on to help us understand why we all keep being afraid of AI. Molly Wood joined us to give us a little hope with the future of more energy-efficient data centers. And David Spark gives us the scoop on the important security news out of RSA. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. He is not wrong. I was what on. What a week for DTNS. Yep. Vegas, good, you, good... and Molly Wood. It's like a trifecta of wins well i i'm i'm flattered to be, be a part of those those wins yes uh, i also well, I watched this you live tech. so strongly did i feel about it oh well, I'm, that's, on twitch.tv <laughs> just in case anyone didn't know how to find twitch <laughs> very good uh thank you tom and uh thank you ian but mostly thank you listeners uh if you enjoyed this episode do leave us a review we would love to get some more reviews going because it is really honestly how we find new listeners um that and when i go pimp myself out on other people's podcasts <laughs> uh, that's very helpful too uh, and thank you to patrons well, uh, um, sure, surely i'm pimp i'm doing the pimping i'm pimping you out you're the um sex worker Yes, because well, that, I don't ever do yeah. the work myself. I just dispatch you to do it. Yeah, I suppose that is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
There's very little sex work involved in podcasting about technology news, I'll be honest with you. It's uh, very much, true. It is one of the most, most sexless industries. Yeah, it really is. He says in a hotel room surrounded by a pillow fort, looking surprised that there are no women here. Uh, uh, well, never mind. Um, that's probably a good point to end, isn't it? Thanks, Patreon. I reckon so, Thanks, really. before you get uh, the first divorce over Discord. Well, just to be just to clarify, I am here for professional work. Well, uh, my pillow fort that. here is to do a podcast. Uh, I'm not here to indulge in New York City's um, underground sex market. It's just not why I'm here. <laughs> Good it's Lord. just not. It's just not. Uh, as Marta in our live chat says, I was not expecting this turn in narrative. No, Marta. No. Neither was I. And it's an absolutely perfect moment to end on. So I've pressed play on the outro music. Ian, you've got six seconds. Well, we've done 308 of these now. That's a lot of podcasting. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.